What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, we're going to continue to preview some of the Week 1 NFL preseason games. We have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Baltimore Ravens, the Browns and the Jaguars, the New York Jets and the New York Giants, and the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if you are a first-time listener of the podcast, make sure that you guys go ahead and leave a five-star review greatly appreciate it it helps the podcast out a lot also make sure that you guys follow me on my social media platforms my instagram and twitter is both jt sports underscore once again my twitter and instagram is both jt sports underscore and lastly make sure that you guys subscribe to my youtube channel which is jt sports on youtube The New Orleans Saints are going on the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens this Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the preseason game this week that I'm the most excited to watch because I get to see my guy, Jameis Winston. Now, for all of you new subscribers out there, you guys may not know this, but I am a diehard Jameis Winston fan. Jameis Winston is my favorite player in the NFL, one of my favorite NFL players of all time. And a little bit of backstory of why I'm a diehard Jameis Winston fan. So I had a teacher back in eighth grade who said that if I got 100 on his test, he would buy me a Jameis Winston jersey. Now, I had to get a Jameis Winston jersey because he will only buy me a player that played on 10 Bay Buccaneers because he was a Buccaneers fan. So I said, you know what, just go ahead and get me a Jameis Winston jersey. And I still have that same jersey. I've been a fan of Jameis Winston ever since. He's won me a lot of fantasy football leagues, which may sound crazy to you, but Jameis Winston, when he has been my QB1 in fantasy football, I have won the championship every single year besides last season because he didn't start. I won it with Justin Herbert at the helm at QB. So I'm a diehard Jameis Winston fan. Now Jameis Winston, I think is going to do a lot of good things this season if he ends up getting the starting nod at quarterback for the Saints. He's been going viral for all of the wrong reasons. He's kind of been like a meme. He had like some drill that was on the NFL network being covered that he ended up stumbling in and it was really funny. He has some awkward and weird workouts that are really effective by the way if you are a young quarterback you can definitely try to do some of the workouts that Jameis Winston does because although they may seem a little bit silly at times they do improve you as a quarterback overall now when you look at Jameis Winston I think that he gives the New Orleans Saints the best chance to win this year I think that he has a way better arm than Taysom Hill and I think he's just a way better overall quarterback than Taysom Hill but when you look at Taysom Hill obviously he's started in the first he started in a couple of games last year in replace of the injured Drew Brees but the thing I noticed about Taysom Hill is that he doesn't really have that strong of an arm he gives me Tim Tebow vibes and I like Taysom Hill a lot I think he's a great athlete but I just think that Jameis Winston is the better overall quarterback and it's very important for Jameis Winston to have a good starting preseason game against Baltimore to show to this New Orleans Saints coaching staff and Sean Payton that he definitely is the best quarterback on this roster according to reports right now Jameis Winston is the favorite to win that starting quarterback job But I think that this is going to be a really good game in determining how far Jameis Winston is. Now, Ian Book is another quarterback 
who isn't really in the QB1 conversation, but I definitely think that a lot of Saints fans need to keep their eyes on Ian Book because potentially if Jameis Winston balls out this year, he ends up leaving in free agency for another team for a bigger deal, and you don't really trust Taysom Hill, Ian Book may be the quarterback of the future if you can't keep Jameis Winston and things don't work out with Taysom Hill. So definitely keep your eye out on Ian Book. He was a very good quarterback during his time at the University. University of Notre Dame had a lot of success, won a lot of games there. He has a little bit of mobility. He has pretty good accuracy. His arm strength is a little bit, you know, not all that great. It's above average. But overall, I think he is a very good fit in Sean Payton's offense. And I do expect to see a little bit of Ian Book in this game. We probably won't see him until late in the fourth quarter. Now, wide receiver is the biggest question mark for the New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas is injured. Don't know really when he's going to come back, but he's probably not going to participate in the preseason at all. You have Traquan Smith, who is expected to have have a breakout year. He's probably the best wide receiver on this team at the moment. Then you have Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, LaJordan Humphrey. So it's going to be really interesting to see what wide receivers make a name for themselves in this preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. And by the way, the Ravens, unlike the majority of teams out there, that participate in the preseason, they have a lot of talent at corner. Not only are their starters really good, but their backups are also really solid as well. So this wide receiving core for New Orleans is definitely going to get tested. This isn't going to be one of those games where your wide receiving core is just going to eat up on the back on a bunch of, you know, lower guys on the death chart that can't really play all that well. Like you have guys on this Ravens death chart at corner that could start on a handful of other teams. So this Saints wide receiving core is definitely going to get tested in this game. Don't think if you're a Saints fan, just because your wide receivers are going against backups doesn't mean they're not going to get tested because the Ravens have a lot of depth at corner. Then you look at defensive tackle for New Orleans. That is another um, concern that some Saints fans have. This is going to be the game that we're going to kind of see, you know, what defensive tackles are going to be able to make their presence felt, who's going to continue to compete to be one of the starters on this roster come week one. Then, corner. Who's going to be the second cornerback on the opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore? Now, you have rookie corner out of Stanford, Paulson Adebo. I like him a lot. This guy has great length, great size, great athleticism. He's not afraid to come downhill, make a tackle. I think he's a very good physical press man-to-man corner. I'm interested in seeing what he does in this game. You also have Prince of Mukamura. But other than that, I don't really know the other cornerbacks that they have on this roster. So this is going to be a game that... You know, for those cornerbacks out there who are trying to end up getting a starting nod, this could be a great opportunity for them to do so. But I'm leaning towards Paulson Adebo, not a popular name amongst a lot of other non-Saints fans out there watching this, but definitely a guy who I think can end up having a very good rookie performance this season, especially in this preseason game. Now for Baltimore... You, like the Saints, have some questions at wide receiver also. Now, you don't have the similar concerns that New Orleans has because you do have your wide receiver number one and two, rather that be um, Marquise Hollywood-Brown or Sammy Watkins, but you pretty much have your two wide receiver spots locked down. Now, Rashad Bateman. I don't know if he is going to participate in this game. He was the Baltimore Ravens first round pick in this past year's NFL draft out of Minnesota. He suffered a soft 
tissue injury in practice just recently a couple of hours ago so I don't really know how that injury is going to affect his status to play in this game the Ravens coaching staff right now doesn't really know how severe the injury is at all it could be severe it could be minor so we don't really know his status when it comes to his availability in this game but you do have another rookie wide receiver who I'm really high on who you draft in the fourth round of this past year's draft which is Tyler Wallace out of Oklahoma State now I believe that Tylen Wallace was one of the biggest steals in the draft for the Ravens. You got him in the fourth round. I thought he was probably going to end up going early in the second. I mean, at least in the third round. So the fact that you got him all the way in the fourth round, it's a huge steal because he also is more than capable of being able to step up and be your number one wide receiver. But you also have some guys who could be competing for a roster spot. Miles Boykin was somebody who was supposed to have a breakout season last year for Baltimore. He wasn't that impressive. You got James Porsche, Devin DuVernay, who are probably going to be fighting for that other slot receiver spot. So the wide receiver position for Baltimore is really interesting now unlike New Orleans you know who your number one and number twos are probably going to be but you don't really know who your three four and who your slots are going to be the backup quarterback battle is also really interesting for Baltimore you got Trace McSorley taking on Tyler Huntley Tyler Huntley man when he got in I forgot what game it was man but you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between him and Lamar because Tyler Huntley is a better athlete than what I thought he was coming out of Utah. And out of Utah, like, everybody knew he had some wills, but it looks like he gained a little bit of speed since his time in the NFL because this dude can flat-out run. Same thing with Trace McSorley. Now, Trace McSorley isn't, you know, as fast as Tyler Huntley, but he is pretty athletic in his own right. So you have a really interesting backup quarterback battle taking on. Now, it's going to be interesting to watch if Baltimore keeps both of these two guys on the roster are they going to have a quarterback two and three because Lamar Jackson is really good friends with Tyler Huntley so maybe that's uh, another reason why they keep Tyler Huntley on the roster but I can easily see Baltimore bringing three QBs into the season just in case unfortunately somebody goes down with COVID-19 or whatnot so Really interesting to see who's going to win that backup quarterback gig for Baltimore. Definitely going to be paying attention to that in this game. We should see a lot of these two guys. Now, my players to watch for the New Orleans Saints are going to be Jameis Winston, like I mentioned earlier. I want to see how he performs in this game. We haven't really seen a lot of Jameis Winston getting a lot of playing time since 2019, which was his last time being the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is going to be the first full look that we have of Jameis Winston with a full offseason to learn Sean Payton's system. I want to see how his decision making has improved. I also want to look at rookie Ian Book. I want to see where he's at in terms of his development as a rookie. You also got tied in Adam Trotton. I'm sorry if I butchered his name. Adam Trotton. The New Orleans Saints drafted him not too long ago out of day, and he was a man amongst boys. Many people consider him to be the best tight end coming out of his draft class, but, you know, everybody has the, well, he didn't play anybody. It's the competition factor. But when he was playing at Dayton, man, like, this man was the best player on the field. He was a man amongst boys. Go back and watch Adam Trotton's Dayton highlights. Like, this dude was doggone there unstoppable, and I feel like he could have a breakout season for New Orleans.
And so if you're watching this game, trying to figure out, you know, some fantasy football sleepers or some fantasy football steals that you could get late in the draft, Adam Trotham definitely is the guy who you should check up on. You also got rookie edge rusher Peyton Turner, who you drafted in this past year's NFL draft. I'm excited to see what he does. He could be somebody who competes and pushes Marcus Davenport if Marcus Davenport has a disappointing season. Players to watch for the Baltimore Ravens. Already keep my eye on rookie Tylen Wallace. He has really good hands. I think he's really good down the field. He's a very good deep threat. He can catch those 50-50 balls. Like, a lot of people are really sleeping on Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace was one of the biggest steals from this past draft. Halfback Justice Hill. Justice Hill has been on the Ravens roster for over the last couple of years, and I've yet to see him make any impact. When I gave the Baltimore Ravens their draft grade a couple of years ago, I said that I didn't really like the Justice Hill pick because I didn't really know how he would fit into the offense. Baltimore likes physical bruising backs. Justice Hill is the complete opposite of that. He's more of a change of pace back. And a lot of Ravens fans are saying, oh, Justice Hill is a good pick. He's going to be very critical in the passing game. He's going to be that change of speed back. And so far during into his Ravens career, we haven't really seen that much of Justice Hill. So I want to see Justice Hill make something shake in this game. And he should get a good amount of workload. I'm also looking at edge rusher Jalen Ferguson coming out of LA Tech. I was really high on him. I also think he is a guy who could end up having a breakout season for Baltimore and you definitely need some production from that pass rush this season with the loss of Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe you do still have Calais Campbell but definitely looking for some production out of him and rookie slot corner out of Ohio State Sean Wade a lot of people including myself criticized Sean Wade for his play this past season when he was playing for Ohio State he was supposed to be a first round pick I was telling people I didn't think Sean Wade was going to be a first round pick for the fact that I don't think he's a good outside corner. He's better in the slot. He can play slot. He can also play a little bit of safety as well. Well, the Ravens drafted him in the mid-round of the draft and they have him at slot, so I think that that's a very a very good place for him, and he could be competing for some early playing time this season. So I'm excited to see Sean Wade perform in this game. So this is it for my New Orleans Saints versus Baltimore Ravens NFL Week 1 preseason preview. You guys let me know some things that you're going to be watching this game what are some players that you're also going to be keeping your tabs on as well the next game that we have to talk about the cleveland browns will be traveling to tiaa bank field this saturday to take on the jacksonville jaguars this game is going to be played 7 p.m eastern time on the nfl network now obviously for the jacksonville jaguars we're going to be watching trevor lawrence the number one overall pick and we already saw how much Zach Wilson has been scrutinized for his lackluster training camp play. But Trevor Lawrence has been on the opposite end of the spectrum. He has been pretty much lights out. And not just him, but also Gardner Minshew. And definitely, while everybody's paying attention to Trevor Lawrence... If you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you should be rooting for Trevor, for Gardner Minshew to perform well because if Gardner Minshew performs well and he has also been doing pretty good in training camp, then you could probably flip him for a second, third round pick because there are a lot of teams right now who may not be satisfied with their quarterback situation or their backup quarterback situation who could look to acquire another quarterback. And Gardner Minshew right now currently is the best quarterback on the market right now, not only just free agency, but 
but during the trade as well outside of Deshaun Watson. So if you're a team like Dallas and you're not satisfied with your backup quarterback situation, then I definitely think that Gardner Minshew is a very great addition. You can never have a good backup quarterback because you never know when your starting QB can go down. So for Trevor Lawrence, I'm expecting him to look pretty good. I expect him to roll with the starters. And I think that we're going to see a good amount of the majority of the starters um, start this game out. I'm not really expecting a lot of people to sit out because you still have some things that have to be determined, still having some positions that are trying to be sorted out by the coaches. Now, RB1 is a really intriguing conversation. I may make a separate video about this over the next couple of days because you have James Robinson. He was an undrafted rookie free agent who was the best rookie running back in the NFL last season. And... I was really shocked and really upset when they drafted rookie halfback Travis Etienne in the first round of this past year's draft out of Clemson. I was like, dude, what the heck? Now, the main reason for my frustration was because I planned on taking James Robinson for a second year in a row in my fantasy football league because I'm somebody who I like to continue to draft the fantasy football players who always produce for me. And James Robinson was one of those guys went helping me win my fantasy football leagues last year. So the fact that they brought in Travis Etienne really frustrated me. But it looks like they're going to be utilizing Travis Etienne more in passing downs as a third down back. There also has been some rumors that he has been participating, working out at that slot receiver position. So it looks like they're going to use Travis Etienne more as a pass catching back. But I definitely think that Travis Etienne is going to eat into James Robinson's carries. And I also think that he probably could end up being a starting running back on this team. So I definitely feel like this is a position battle that people are kind of sleeping underneath the rug. Like there are a lot of people that have the assumption that James Robinson is simply going to win this thing. I'm not sure. I definitely feel like James Robinson is probably the favorite, but when you look at the explosiveness that Travis Etienne has and the acceleration, how quickly he goes from zero to 100, I definitely think that he has a legitimate shot of winning that RB1 role. Tight end one is another position that we don't really know about. As a matter of fact, it's probably the most position on this Jacksonville Jaguars roster that has the most uncertainty because at least for running back, we have a favorite, which is James Robinson. We don't really know who the heck is going to be playing tight end, and there's not really a favorite. You got rookie Luke Farrell, who is more of a blocking tight end. Urban Meyer wants to have two tight ends. He wants a blocking tight end, and he wants a tight end who could do damage in the passing game. You got Luke Farrell. You got James O'Shaughnessy, who probably would be my favorite as of right now. You got Tim Tebow, who we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but Tim Tebow, Despite how much criticism the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Myers received for bringing in Tim Tebow to participate in the training camp, Tim Tebow has been making some plays during training camp. And a lot of people are not talking about it. You also got Tyler Davis there. So the tight end battle is really intriguing. We know Luke Farrell probably is going to make the roster as a blocking tight end. But who's going to be that other tight end that's going to be the primary pass catcher in this offense? I'm also looking at defensive tackle. So I was heavily looking at Tavian Bryant 
who at this point in his career is a bust and he's probably on the glimpse of not making it on the roster and making the roster he's probably on the bubble right now he I think he's on like the COVID list or something like that so I don't know if we're going to see him in this game but I'm definitely looking at that defense tackle spot for Jacksonville because we don't really have a clear idea of who's going to be the starters there at defense tackle and nose tackle at safety you have Rudy Ford who Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff has been really high on during the training camp session and he's a guy who a lot of people don't really know that much about you also have Andrew Wingard you got rookie safety Andre Sisco so definitely keep my eyes on that safety position you got Rayshon Jenkins there as well now my things to watch for the Cleveland Browns don't really have as many as the Jacksonville Jaguars because the Browns have one of the most complete rosters in all of the NFL. I mean, you got death at wide receiver. You have death at running back. You got death when it comes to your offensive line. You got death at corner, D-line, pass rush, safety. Like, the Browns are stacked at every single position but one. And that one position that I'm interested in watching is linebacker. Linebacker is really interesting for Cleveland because linebacker has been their Achilles heel ever since they lost Joe Schober. You have Stone Taki Taki, you got Anthony Walker, you got Malcolm Smith, you got Mac Wilson, you got rookie Tony Fields, and JOK, Jeremiah Wilson-Kamora out of Notre Dame. So I'm interested in seeing that linebacker position. I want to see who they're probably going to end up running with to start the game out, who's going to end up finishing the game out, or the Browns going to have a linebacker rotation, and how long is it going to take for JOK to make his presence felt. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, some of the players that I'm going to be watching in this game for them, first, rookie wide receiver Jalen Kemp out of Georgia Tech. I've been seeing a lot of good reports about Jalen Kemp, and he could end up winning that fourth wide receiver spot on this Jaguars roster. Look out for him. You have Laquan Treadwell. I'm really interested in seeing wide receivers who kind of have that bus label on them to see if they can turn their career around, which is why I'm really interested in Laquan Treadwell. You got right tackle Jawan Taylor. I didn't mention this, but I definitely feel like Jawan Taylor... His position could be up for grabs. Now, I don't think it's a lock right now, okay, to say that he's in a position battle. But if he doesn't perform well, not only in this game, but through the remainder of the preseason, then I definitely feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars could end up starting Rocker Little at that other off-the-tackle spot. Now, Walker Little was more of a left tackle, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, when they interviewed him during the combine, he revealed that Urban Meyer and the Jaguars staff talked about him playing both tackle spots. So if Jawan Taylor doesn't have a good preseason performance, we could end up seeing some announcements that him and Walker Little are going to be competing for that right tackle position. And Jawan Taylor hasn't been great. As a matter of fact, he's been one of the biggest disappointments a couple of years ago when he was drafted, he was supposed to be a top 10 pick. He was regarded as the best off the tackle in that draft. Well, then he falls all the way into the second round, and he has really proved the doubters wrong. As a matter of fact, he has proved the doubters right. Then I'm going to be looking at the other off the tackle. Walker Little already talked about him out of Stanford. Tim Tebow. 
I mean, Tim Tebow has been making plays, and a lot of people were so quick to hate on it. I understand why everybody was hating on it, but Tim Tebow has been making some noise during training camp. He has been what we are expecting him to be, a good locker room guy, really energetic, but he's been making some plays during training camp. He's called a couple of great passes. He's made some couple of great plays. Then I'm looking at rookie linebacker out of Alabama, Dylan Moses. Now, I still don't know how Dylan Moses went undrafted. I thought he was probably going to get drafted in round two, round three. So Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of depth and a lot of talent at linebacker. Going to be keeping my eyes out on Dylan Moses. I expect him to get a lot of playing time in this game. Now my players to watch for the Cleveland Browns, I'm keeping my eyes out on rookie cornerback Greg Newsome. I loved, loved, loved Greg Newsome out of Northwestern this year. I feel like he was one of the more underrated cornerbacks. Now you have him on the opposite side of Denzel Ward. You also have Greedy Williams. Jesus. Then you got Grant Delpit. We didn't really see Grant Delpit at all last year, so I'm really excited to see him in this game. You got rookie speedster out of Auburn, Anthony Schwartz, who is one of the fastest men in the NFL. He's like he could been he could have been on the Olympic team. Like this guy is blazing fast. I want to see if he's going to end up lining up at kick returner or punt returner. We're probably going to see a lot of him at wide receiver in this game. Then looking at rookie defensive tackle Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson before the start of the college football season last year was regarded as the best defensive tackle in the nation. He was supposed to be a surefire first round pick. Well, the season kicks off and he didn't really have that great of an impact. He was really underwhelming at FSU last season. So that's why he fell and went where he went. So I'm interested to in see how he does in this game. And I easily think that Marvin Wilson could be a guy who could end up having a good season for the Cleveland Browns if he's able to make the roster I definitely feel like they can have him in at a rotational position so this is it for my Cleveland Browns versus Jacksonville Jaguars preview let me know what you guys think what are some players that you guys are going to be watching as well moving on we have the Jets taking on the Giants when you look at the Jets man I got I to gotta talk about Zach Wilson. Now, I already made a video about Zach Wilson. Should New York Jets fans be concerned about Zach Wilson? Make sure that you guys go ahead and check that out. But Zach Wilson hasn't really got off to a great start during training camp. He was getting a lot of praise during mini camp. And like I tell everybody, football is not played in shorts and a tank top. Everybody looks good when they're throwing in shorts and tank tops, okay? Everybody's throwing the ball on air. Nobody's really doing anything physical, no one-on-ones, nothing like that. You're basically throwing the ball against the air, basically. So for Zach Wilson, those pass had came on, and Zach Wilson has kind of struggled. Now, I've been telling a lot of people, do not panic this is training camp for a reason training camp is for you to you know improve so when the regular season comes around you don't struggle so if you're a Jets fan you rather Zach Wilson struggle now rather than later if I'm a Jets fan if I was a Jets fan I would say okay Zach Wilson is struggling but how much is he improving is he getting better every single practice and this is going to be a really big preseason game for him because if he doesn't have a good preseason performance against the Giants then the media is going to be on his you know what and we already know that the New York Giants media 
does not hold back. The Giants media doesn't hold back. The Jets media doesn't hold back. Like the New York media is harsh and they're really honest. They're brutally honest, which is something that I love about the New York media. Because if your team sucks and they feel their team sucks, the media is going to let you know. A lot of these media outlets for their respective teams, like they always try to hype up their teams. They try to gas them up. They give these fans some unrealistic expectations. But one thing about the New York media and the Big Apple, they're going to be honest. Like last year, we saw some reports that the New York Jets offense was not going to be good, that they were getting outperformed by the second string offense, and that they got shut down by the second team defense. And what happened last year? Well, the New York Jets offense was not great. So the New York media is brutally honest. So for Zach Wilson, if he doesn't perform well in this game, then oh my goodness, he better make sure that he doesn't log into social media and that he doesn't watch the news and that he doesn't read the newspaper, which I don't know anybody who still reads the newspapers anyway but I think it'll be in his best interest to make sure that he has a really good game and I think that he will I definitely think we're going to see him a good amount in this game try to get him into the floor of things like I keep telling people not every single rookie quarterback is going to come out right out the gate and be what Joe what um Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert were last season. Those guys were anomalies. We're not going to see a lot of rookie quarterbacks coming in and just dominating the league the way those two did last year as rookies. Every single rookie quarterback has to develop at their own pace. Some develop faster than others. Some develop slower than others. But for Zach Wilson... I definitely am hoping that he has a really good performance because I like Zach Wilson a lot. I want to see him get outside the pocket on some play action bootlegs, see what he can do. I also want to see him throw the football downfield. I want to see him push the ball. Next up, I want to see how this offensive line looks. Now, the New York Jets have improved their offensive line tremendously. This is one of the most improved offensive lines in the NFL. Joe Douglas has did a very good job protecting Zach Wilson or trying to protect them. Now, you still do have some kinks. I'm not really sold on your center position. You have a question at one of your guard spots, but overall, this is a very solid offensive line. You bring in Morgan Moses. You have Makai Beckton at your other offensive tackle spot. You trade up for offensive guard Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. So, I like how this offensive line is looking. I want to see how it looks in this preseason game. Who's going to be RB1? You got LaMichael P. Ryan, Telvin Coleman, and Ricky Michael Carter. Now, Michael Carter has been getting a lot of praise ever since he first got drafted by the Jets. Had a really good rookie minicamp. Had had a really good training camp up to this point. So it looks like we have a battle between three guys who could be the starting running back on this team. LaMichael P. Ryan, I think he has some potential. I think Tevin Coleman is also really good also. But I think that if Michael Carter ends up breaking down this game, then I think we're definitely going to see him in the league in terms of that RB1 role. Tied in is the position that I haven't really seen a lot of people focus that much on. I'm intrigued in Washington because I'm a big Chris Herndon fan, being a Miami Hurricane myself. He was a very good player for the Miami Hurricanes. Then his rookie season for the New York Jets, he had one of the better rookie seasons that I've seen from a rookie tied in in recent memory. And then after that, he kind of fell off the face of the earth because he has kind of been ignored in the offense. Well, when you look at offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, and he's bringing in that Kyle Shanahan, you know, like Matt LaFleur system. 
those guys heavily target their tight ends. So if he takes anything from his brother or Kyle Shanahan, we're probably going to see the tight ends be featured a lot more in this offense than what it has been in the past. So you have Chris Herndon. I think he's the most talented tight end on this roster. You got Ryan Griffin. You got Tyler Croft. You got Trayvon Wesco. And you got rookie tight end out of Ole Miss, Kenny Yabo. Now, Kenny Yabo may be the most athletically gifted tight end in this tight end room, but I don't really know how good he actually is. He's kind of a little bit raw when it comes to being able to run routes and his hands aren't really all that consistent. Now, Elijah Moore is a key player that I'm going to be watching for the New York Jets in this game. The main reason for that is because he, like, um Michael Carter has been in a has been getting a lot of praise many people feel like he could end up having a really good rookie season so I want to see what he does in this game this is going to be the first look that we actually get to see Elijah more in the actual game now cornerback for the New York Jets is a huge 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 and I can't say this again I'm saying one more time huge concern like they have the worst cornerback room in the NFL. And I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm not saying this to joke, but you New York Jets fans know doggone well your cornerbacks right now don't really look all that great. Now you have Bryce Hall. He's going into year two. I was really disappointed with the rookie season that he had last year. Hopefully Robert Sala can end up having him playing at a really high level. You got Austin there. You got Corey Ballantyne. So this cornerback room definitely is going to have a lot to prove during the preseason, especially in this game. Now for the New York Giants, I definitely am going to be keeping my eyes out on the off the line because their off the line didn't really improve. As a matter of fact, the off the line got worse because they left they lost Kevin Zeitler. So I'm a huge believer in Joe Judge. I believe in him as a head coach. I like the coaching staff that they have assembled, but they're kind of taking a huge gamble with the off the line this year. They didn't really bring anybody in no noteworthy to compete and free agency. So it looks like they trust their coaching and they trust their ability to develop these offensive linemen who are fairly young. So I want to see how this off the line performs in this game against New York Jets, which the New York Jets have a lot of depth at defensive line. So this off the line is going to get tested. I also want to see how the pass rush looks this year, which was something that this defense, although it was pretty good it wasn't great when it came to getting pressure on the quarterback so you have O'Shea Zimes I think he finally if he's able to stay healthy he could be in for a breakout year you have rookie Aziz Argelary who you drafted in this past year's NFL draft so I'm looking to see what those guys are going to do in this preseason matchup my players I'm going to be watching for the New York Giants I'm going to be keeping my eye on the rookie quarterback out of Oklahoma State Rodarius Williams I was a really big fan of his during the draft process I felt like he probably could have went round two. He went a little bit later. Already talked about edge rusher Aziz Audulari. He's really athletic, has really good speed, but I don't really know how many good pass rush moves he has right now in his arsenal. Then I'm looking at rookie wide receiver Kadarius Tony. I want to see what he's going to do. He is a really good... Um, Big play wide receiver who can do a lot with the ball in his hands and the short intermediate passing game. I want to see how he looks. Then for the New York Jets, I'm going to be looking at rookie half at Michael Carter. He has been getting a lot of praise during training camp. I'm looking at offensive guard Elijah Vera Tucker in this game also, who is another rookie that I'm going to be keeping my eye on in this game. So this is it for my New York Giants versus New York Jets training um preseason preview you guys let me know some players that you're going to be watching down in the comment section down below
The last game that we have to talk about are the Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is a really interesting game for me when I look at Tampa Bay because I want to see how Kyle Trask looks. Now, I know Blaine Gabbert right now is like the QB2, but it looks like Kyle Trask is going to be the quarterback who ends up being the successor to Tom Brady when he ends up hanging up the cleats, which is coming sooner rather than later. And when you look at Kyle Trask, everybody talks about how he doesn't have any athleticism, he's not mobile, doesn't really do anything in the pocket, and I definitely understand that. But people act like you can't dominate the NFL just being a pure pocket passer, that's false. Drew Brees was still pretty good. Tom Brady has been pretty good. Like, there are still pocket passers in this league who are still really good, like, the NFL is all about scheme. It's all about how you scheme up your offense and how you build your team. If you have a great off the line and you have a brick wall back there, then you can have a Tom Brady or a pocket passer back there. Because if you have a good off the line, then your quarterback doesn't have to continue to go outside the pocket and extend plays and pick up extra yardage. So... I think a lot of people were a little bit too harsh on Kyle Trask. Yeah, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he does have a pretty solid arm. He's really accurate. He's really good maneuvering inside the pocket. Like, I like Kyle Trask. Now, was he worth the first round pick? No, he wasn't. But he went right where he should to Tim Bay Buccaneers in the second round. I think Bruce Arians is going to do a lot of great things with them. Also, I'm looking at Ricky wide receiver out of North Texas, Jalen Darden. Now, Jalen Darden was one of the most exciting players in all of college football that a lot of people probably didn't know about because he played at a small scale. But when you watch Jalen Darden, he reminds me a lot of Tavon Austin. When Tavon Austin was coming out of West Virginia, he was really excited. He was really hard to bring down in the open field because how shifty he was. He's also a really good route runner. So when you look at Jalen Darden, if this guy gets just a little bit of space, you better look out. And I'm not expecting him to do a lot this season. He's probably not going to get that much playing time because Tampa Bay is absolutely stacked at wide receiver. But I definitely feel like he can be in on a couple of jet sweeps, some screen plays. Like Bruce Harris would probably cook up a couple of key plays for him to try to get the ball in his hands because this guy is incredible in space. But we're definitely going to see a lot of him in this preseason game. Also looking at edge rusher Joe Teron, who is a rookie. He's going to be... Pretty much there for death at this point until, you know, JPP decides to hang it up. So for right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm really interested in looking at the depth that they have right now because you bring back pretty much your whole entire team, your whole entire Super Bowl winning squad. And there's not really any position battles that I think are really worth talking about because, like, they're one of the most complete teams in the NFL. So when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, on the other hand, I'm going to be keeping my eye out on the off the line. Now, I know Cincinnati Bengals fans get mad when everybody says this, but your off the line was boo-boo, and it was the reason why Joe Burrow got hurt. And I know some people are going to say, well, JT, that's a really ignorant statement to make because you can play behind the great off the line and still get hurt. I understand that. But Cincinnati's off the line was cheeks last year. And the fact that it was so trash and that they didn't even bother to try to address it before the season and then just let Joe Burrow go out there and get beat up, I mean, I was like, doggone it, man. So they did try to improve the offensive line. You brought in Riley Reef. I'm interested in seeing how that works out for Cincinnati. Joe Burrow 
I don't think he's going to participate in the preseason at all. I think I actually read that in the article from Zach Taylor. They don't plan on giving Joe Burrow any preseason action. I don't think maybe that'll change, but I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out on the offensive line and how improved the offensive line is going to be this season. The backup running back job is really interesting to watch. Who's going to be the guy behind Joe Mixon? You lost Giovanni Bernard, who was on the Bengals for a pretty long time. So now you have Samaj P. Ryan, Travion Williams, rookie Chris Evans. You got Jacquez Patrick and Puka Williams. When you look at Samaj P. Ryan, he's not uh explosive back but i think he's very good running in between the tackles very hard tough runner you look at trayvon williams i liked him a lot coming out of texas a&m i think he was one of the more underrated backs in his draft class i like him i think he has pretty good vision pretty good one cut ability i like him to win this rb2 spot and be behind Joe Mixon. Then you got Rick out of Michigan, Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans has some talent there, was kind of unutilized during his time with Michigan. Jaquez Patrick is more of a workhorse. He's more like a Samaj P. Ryan. He's more of a tough-nosed runner, running through the tackles. He's going to run you over. Then you got Puka Williams, another rookie out of Kansas. Puka Williams is more like of a Darren Sproles. He's somebody that you're going to try to get involved in the passing game. You're going to try to get him involved out in space. He doesn't really have great size to take like a full a full beating as a workload back. But I definitely feel like if he makes the team, he'll be more utilized in passing down, third down situations. Then looking at the whole entire linebacker unit for Cincinnati, as we know for over the last three, four years, Cincinnati has had some of the worst linebacker play in the NFL during that stretch. So I want to see how the linebackers look in this preseason game. Now the players I'm going to be watching for both teams, I'm definitely keeping my eyes out on Jamar Chase, Ricky out of LSU, draft in the fifth round and from some reports I've read out of training camp he has kind of struggled with creating separation I'm not really tripping on that because he hasn't played football in like a year or so so this is going to be a really good time to try to get him back into you know a real game situation so we're probably going to see him and I actually saw a couple of plays a couple of clips that were circulating around about Jamar Chase making some big time catches contested catches but outside of those he has been struggling to create separation according to reports although there has been a couple of clips out there with him having some good catches and contested situations the reports also say that he hasn't really won a lot of those so I want to see how Jamar Chase looks in this game you look at running back Keyshawn Vaughn for the Buccaneers out of Vanderbilt didn't really get to see that much out of him last year because it was the Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones show but we're probably going to see a lot of him this season then and well in the preseason excuse me so I want to see how he looks I haven't really gotten the chance to really assess his talent and his skill John Franklin remember him from last chance you one of my most viewed videos last season was how I felt like John Franklin could be a secret weapon for Tampa Bay similar to how Taysom Hills utilized for the New Orleans Saints but he ended up getting injured so didn't really get to see that come to fruition. Now, I don't really know what position John Franklin is playing right now because when I was looking at a couple of dev charts, Ireland's.com had him listed as a cornerback. Timmy Buccaneers website has him listed as a wide receiver. So I don't really know what the heck this man is playing. I guess he's just playing all over the field. So I definitely am hoping to see some John Franklin out there. I'm a big last two, a big last chance you fan. So 
Of course, I'm rooting for my guy, John Franklin. You look at rookie offensive guard Carmen Jackson for Cincinnati, who Cincinnati Bengals fans are expecting big things out of him. I want to see how he looks in this game. Then lastly, tight end Thaddeus Moss. Thaddeus Moss, the son of Randy Moss, played with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. At LSU, he was really good with Joe Burrow. So he went to Washington last year, didn't really do anything. Now he's reunited with Jamar and Joe Burrow. Some people think he can be tied in one. I don't really know. I'm interested in see what he does in this preseason matchup because you don't really see a lot of tight ends going crazy in the preseason. I don't really know why that is. Maybe somebody in the conversation can break it down to me why you don't really see a lot of tight ends making big plays in the preseason. But I do expect that Thaddeus Moss is going to get a lot of playing time in this game. So this is it for my Cincinnati Bengals versus Buccaneers preseason week one preview. Let me know some things that you're going to be watching down in the comment section down below. What are some players that you're also going to be watching and this is it for this episode of the jt sports podcast i hope you guys enjoyed and i will be back shortly with another episode within the next couple of days make sure that you guys go ahead leave a five-star review on the podcast make sure that you share the podcast and thanks for listening